Another episode of Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we're coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And today's topic is Vincent Price's House of Wax 3D. <laughs> yeah, 3D, though we didn't watch it in 3D. No. No. We don't have the whole, you know, 3D TV. I think our Blu-ray player is a 3D Blu-ray player. I think that's just yeah. what it is. But we don't have the TV or the glasses. So we watched it in 2D. Do you remember what year this is from? No. 1953. 1953. House of Wax. Color version. Color version. Yes. Keep keep giving the technical specs here. <laughs> so. Is this- 80, 88 minutes. Warner Video Blu-ray. They also have the whole original version on there too. Yes. That's a good thing to mention. This is a remake. Do you remember the name of the original? The Mystery of the Wax Museum? Yeah, yeah, good. Good. From 1933, starring Lionel Atwill. We haven't watched that one yet. Lionel Atwill, Fay Ray are in that one. Uh, we didn't even realize it was on the disc until right before we uh, went, we shut all that down and went to record. So, no, we haven't watched that one yet. Can't speak to it. Uh, maybe we'll, who, who knows, maybe we'll do an episode on that one someday. Yeah. Directed by Michael Curtiz, who directed uh, Casablanca, the original one there. This one, however, not directed by Michael Curtiz, but starring Vincent Price, the greatest actor there ever was, in my opinion. Mine too. You too? Mm-hmm. Well, man, where should we get started here? Probably at the beginning, my favorite part. Yeah, the beginning's your favorite part? Yeah. Like of any movie or just of this movie? This movie, because it leads up to me actually figuring out um, the the ending and the climax mm. and who the bad guy is just from the beginning. Okay. And what do you mean by that? How does all that play together? So Vincent Price is like, he makes wax people. He's a, a sculptor who has a wax museum. Jared yes. is his character's uh-huh. name. He used to be famous, he says, but he's not anymore. At the beginning of the movie? Yeah. He says, do you want to be famous again? Because he used to be famous, so I figured he used to be famous. Hmm. Okay. I don't remember that specific line of dialogue, but I take your word for it. Yep, he says that. Gotcha. And then his employee, his like helper? It's actually like the the investor, his partner in the business who wants to be making more money than Jared can make for him. And do you remember why Jared can't make too much money? Because he's using all the money for the wax people. No, not exactly. Not exactly. The What's going on there in the beginning is Jared's an artist, right? And he's interested in history and doing beautiful artistic recreations of historical figures and events. Mm-hmm. And the museums that make the most money, according to his partner, are the ones that do the crime, like the, you know, the crime exhibits or torture scenes, you know, where they have the houses of horrors. 
And so he's trying to get Jared to put one of those into the museum, but he won't because he's an artist. And he says that this place is worth $25,000. That's $12,500 a piece for us. And he says wax is very flammable. Yeah, what he's talking about is insurance. He has the place insured for $25,000. The partner needs money now. And so he proposes burning it down. And then um, Vincent Price's character says, No, I won't let my friends go. I'll kill you if you try. Yeah, that's not, let's, let's dive into that, right? Rather than just do a beat-by-beat narrative breakdown here, you just touched on something interesting with Jared. He considers these wax figures to be his friends. Why? Because he made them with very, very detail, and he would rather see, he wouldn't see them burn. Mm-hmm. Right, it's his art. You know, he spends yeah. countless hours trying to get these figures right, breathing life into them, until his wax sculptures are as realistic as a human being. Mm-hmm. And he, like, put whole scenes mm-hmm. of wax people. He doesn't want them burnt down. Yeah, exactly, right? This is his life's work. These are, you know, he's kind of got this artistic madness at the beginning of the movie, you know, where he's so absorbed in his work that he thinks of his wax figures like his friends, like he says. But they are to him more than just art. They are these living Things, you know, these things that he put his soul into, basically, you know, so to get rid of those, to burn them down for something as unimportant to him as money, you know, that is unacceptable. Yeah. But of course, this prefigures, though, what happens later in the movie. And yeah, basically, his partner takes a match and starts burning all the wax figures and then takes a gas, and then they get into like a fight, and then he knocks um, Vincent Price's character down, puts gasoline on all the wax figures, mm-hmm. or something, then, some yeah. kind of um, accelerant, you know, splashes it over everything. Basically, it's also a film that takes place in sort of the early days, like the yeah. you know the like right when automobiles are being created, right? Uh-huh. And it's in New York, so they still have gas lights. And he blows out some of the lights so that it's just releasing the gas into the building. Uh Uh-huh. And then he gets out, but Vincent Price is trying to get out. And then we see the fire almost touching the gasoline. And then we don't see it touch, but we know it touched it. Yeah, like the gas, not gasoline, the gas from the uh, lamps. We don't see it touch, but we know it touched it because the place literally exploded. Mm -hmm. Didn't explode, but fire was coming out of all the windows yeah absolutely oh do you remember man we you totally skipped over this this is one of the best parts of the movie do you remember what happens when the partner the the financier throws a uh, a mace at vincent price <gasps> True. it literally hits the camera yeah and then that happens later it Almost hits the camera later yeah, in the, the movie. Yeah, the other guy, the the young sculptor, later in the movie throws a mace. But he doesn't come near so close to killing a camera operator <laughs> as this other dude in the beginning. <laughs> but the camera shakes because the thing hits yeah, the camera. Yeah, and you can hear glass actually shattering. So who knows, man, what kind of damage he did with that thing. That's a great bit. Yeah. So Vincent Price's character, Professor Jared, he's in this explosion. So the movie's over? 
No. His assistant gets like has like a girlfriend, and then he tells her that he. Well, we're going beat by beat yeah, here. Yeah, that's yeah. all you're doing. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about the stuff that's most interesting, yeah. right? Let's let's mm-hmm. not go moment by moment through this narrative. Let's just talk about the interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we could be here for uh, 88 minutes, which is exactly how long the movie is, right? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't die, though, right? Because, no. I, I mean, otherwise, it's not a Vincent Price movie if he dies 13 minutes in. Yeah. So, like, his partner's going out of the building then you see him like his face like he has like veins coming out of his like face you can see his veins yeah, Jared. on his face yeah yeah he's so burnt that he's like he's like a veiny purple like grape man i don't he's almost like a raisin yeah kind of he's got like puffy lips like really puffy lips and he's kind of like a raisin he's yeah. strange looking and then i imagine in 53 he would have been horrifying to look at He's kind of silly now. <laughs> yeah. He's not super creepy, but it's Vincent Price and he's acting the heck out of that makeup when he comes back as yeah. burnt up monstrous Jared. I'll try to find a picture of him, like a really good one to use for our Facebook promo image. So, yeah. you know, if you're on the Critters uh-huh. and Creeps Club, you'll see that. Uh, I'll try to find that. Slap it behind the little cartoon you. So you're like running away from a, a wrinkly grape, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Vincent uh, Price. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he like sneaks towards him and like hangs him on an elevator. Yeah, he wraps a, like a noose around his neck and throws yeah. him down an elevator shaft. So immediately, right, Vincent Price is Jared. He's been blown up. He was an artist, uh-huh. you know, a very peaceful man who just wanted to be left alone with his artwork. You know, he wasn't a violent human being, but going through this horrifying event that he did, getting blown up after watching what you referred to as his friends yeah. melt and get destroyed has clearly turned him into a monster. Uh-huh. Right. What turned him into this monster? Like, let's talk about that for a moment. How did he become this monster? Because um, of his friends, he calls them, being melted in him in an explosion. And mm-hmm. he basically goes mad and crazy. Yeah. And what was the impetus for all this? Like, what caused all of that? Because he didn't want his friends to die. Mm-hmm. But go back. Who started this whole fire? That's what I'm asking. His partner did. Yeah. His financial partner. Right. And and why did he light the place on fire? For money. Money. That's not so, that important at all. Uh, 100%. I am with you. Money is... And here's yeah. a big lesson for you, Alistair. Life lessons. Here we go. People think money is super important, but there is nothing more important than the lives of mm-hmm. others. Not just human beings, but mm. animals and the, this entire planet that we live on. Is so much more important yeah. than any amount of money. Yeah. So in school, the only thing that's really important, like the most important, is Earth. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have Earth, we wouldn't have us or anything else. And if we destroy the the world that we live on, we don't get to live here anymore because no. we'll be dead. Mm-hmm. So here we go. A story about a guy who is now killing people. His entire world upended and he's a murderer because somebody who's not him wanted more money yeah so he's a murderer now right who's he murdering why is he murdering what's going on here 
He's murdering people that like his partner was friends with, and like who he knows. Okay, so some people that he knows, sure, absolutely. But they also the murder spree kind of gets bigger than that, right? Yeah. And why? Why does he kill people who aren't involved in his own death or with his financial partner? Because he basically goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And what does he do with the bodies? He puts wax over them mm-hmm. and, like, puts them in, like, death scenes. And he says that he found pictures of the people and based their faces off them. But because their faces are them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... He starts a new wax museum. Yeah. And because he got blown up, his hands are all messed up. He's got, you know, really uh, burnt up hands and he can't use them to sculpt things anymore. So Uh he can't create art like he used to. Unable to create art, having watched his, quote, friends die because of money, he starts killing people and creating this house of horrors that was basically the reason... He got blown up yeah. in the first place. You know, he mm-hmm. like you said, he just kind of goes mad. He he flips, you know, and he's creating this house of horrors using actual dead bodies. Yeah. And he has he says there are pupils that are basically his hands and minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pupil, of course, meaning student. You know, mm-hmm. he's got these two people who work for him and one is his primary sculptor and then the other one is a mute. Mm-hmm. Who's named? Igor. Igor, of course. Played by a young Charles Bronson. So that's pretty wild. Al, that has, like, you don't, <laughs> you have no frame of reference who Charles Bronson no. would become. Our listeners will, though. <laughs> so. <laughs> all I know is the names of the characters. Leon and Igor. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leon. That's right. Leon's his other guy. And they're not actually killing people. No. They're just doing the work for Jared. Jared's pretending in public to be what? Uh, like a sculptor, basically. Sure, sure, sure. But he's in a... Wheelchair. There you go. Right. He's pretending that he can't walk, that he can't use his hands, that he's completely crippled from this explosion. But really, at night, what's he doing? He's actually walking around and killing people. Whoa. So he is the monster. Yes. And... Two. These are the three um, reasons how I knew what was happening with the people and how I knew he was the monster and stuff. Okay, let's hear it. The three, the three things that were the major clues okay. for you in this case. So, he blew up and mm-hmm. then I saw the person creeping around, then him alive in the hands. Mm-hmm. And then I heard our actual main character say... Yes. That looks like her, like, was it her sister? No, it was her friend. She, uh-huh. Our protagonist is a woman who lives in a boarding house, and her friend is dating some mysterious man we never meet. Who do you think it was? Actually, I think we know who it is. No, I mean, we knew in the beginning she was dating the, the businessman who was working yeah. with Jared, but once that guy dies, who do you think she's dating? Um, probably, like, the Vincent Price character, I think. Yeah, probably that. Jared. Uh-huh. I, we never see it, but, yeah, probably. And she gets murdered, and then our protagonist, whose name I can't remember, but I'll... Sue. Sue? Okay, thank yeah. you. Sue, yeah, she she becomes invested in trying to figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. because, like you said, what does she mm-hmm. see in the House of Horrors? She sees that 
they're actual people and that I saw she actually said that looks so much like the person I was like because it is he's hiding the people under the masks and yeah, him under, under the, the wax mask. he's basically taking yeah. corpses and covering them in a layer of wax uh-huh. he even took basically took a wax and made it into like the shape of his face yeah and of and course colored it and <laughs> just put it over his head and of course he like talks and stuff so it kind of doesn't make total sense because how is he talking? Like, how is his face moving and how is he blinking if it's entirely a wax face? Yeah. But whatever, go with it. You know, <laughs> like, you got to suspend your disbelief here. Later on in The Abominable Dr. Fibes, he does a very similar thing. His character, Dr. Fibes, has to wear a, a mask of his face before he was in an accident. But that face doesn't move. It's, I mean, it's, it kind of moves because it is Vincent Price's face, but he doesn't talk with his lips. Um, he holds completely still so that, you know, you can kind of buy it as a fake face. <laughs> Unlike this, where he's talking and he's totally animated. Yeah. And then what happens in the end? Sue punches the face of the wax figure and, like, cracks. Yeah, it just, and, like, yeah. crumbles and breaks off. And if it was that stiff, how is he talking? <laughs> yeah. How was he even talking? I don't know. I don't know. That's a, It's just one of those things. You got to just go with it. Yeah, just go with it. Yeah, and basically um, she figures out that and like he gets up from the wheelchair, starts trying to kill her. Yeah, why does he want to kill her? Because she knows his secret. Mm-hmm. But even before she knew the secret, he wanted to kill her. Why? Because she had a suspicion no 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 even before she was suspicious the first time he saw her there was something about her i don't remember she looked exactly like his beloved wax figure of marie antoinette Yeah. Uh-huh. and so he wanted to kill her cover her in wax and recreate his marie antoinette that he no longer could with his own yeah. uh, burnt hands because that was his like lover basically says yeah like his beloved mm-hmm. marie antoinette like basically yeah no that's a, i mean it's true in the in the sort of sense of they were lovers in that he really treated her like they were romantically involved <laughs> you know this yeah. figure of marie antoinette you know like he was basically in love with this creation so yeah, no, I mean, in that sort of yeah. old-fashioned sense of the term, absolutely. Uh-huh. It was, like, his favorite creation. Yeah. And he, like, talked to his, like, wax figures and, like, they yeah. talked. <laughs> and here he is on the back of the cover, on the back of the Blu-ray, touching her shoulder, holding her hand, you know, and she's just a wax figure, you know? Yeah. He, like, says he can understand them and they talk to him. Mm-hmm. And then once he gets blown up. He goes crazy. Yeah, all all bets are off. He becomes unhinged. He becomes a sociopath out for revenge against the world that took away everything he had. So where does this go in the end? Well, Need explains machine. He like covers things in wax. Yeah, yeah. It's an old timey giant like a cauldron filled with wax that he gets up to boiling temperature. Uh And then... Puts them over, like, wax figures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he coats the either statues or human bodies with wax from, like, yeah. these sprayers. Uh-huh. And he's... Because the first time we see it, it's just, like, a sculpture. 
Um, and he says he does the face and the hands separate. And then attaches uh, uh-huh. them. Yeah. He says that, and it looks like a figure to look like he's a harmless person. So then he's he's putting Sue in this machine at the end, right? While she's awake, he's going to cover her in yeah. molten wax. Well, she basically... He basically puts her to sleep with like yeah, a Yeah, he's going to. He tries to, but everything goes awry. <laughs> and then he gets pushed into the wax figure. and Into the, the cauldron. Yeah. And then the cauldron basically like blows up. It sure does, man. Yeah. This cop <laughs> grabs the table with Sue on it and just whips her right out of the way. Yeah. Right as this whole thing goes up. Like it cracks and then wax is just Going down everywhere. It's pretty amazing. Quite the epic conclusion to yeah. House of Wax. Well, 3D. Yeah. Oh, we should talk about the 3D for a moment. <laughs> so, yes, that's the end of the movie. But, like, what elements in the movie did you notice would have been meant to be seen in 3D? Like, when he opens the thing, there's a person doing. Like the oh his ping, second the house of wax and the thingy yeah paddle balls yeah, the the, the, the uh-huh. paddle with the ball and, and the string he's like like he's using them like at the people like telling him oh knock this uh, off of you like come to the house of wax yeah and, he's like, a street barker yeah and then he looks at the screens like there's a person with popcorn I'll knock that popcorn out of your hands or something yeah. like that and this is um. The first major studio 3D movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's that breaking of the fourth wall where the street barker's yelling at the audience in what would have <laughs> been the theaters in 1953 yeah. and just smacking these paddle balls at the screen. And it's pretty silly, like, yeah. especially watching it in uh-huh. 2D. It's really goofy. In 3D, it would probably look like the ball's coming towards you. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, of course, earlier the guy who throws the mace and it hits the camera that yeah. would have been pretty upsetting <laughs> yeah it was pretty yeah there's then that lady in the burlesque show who sticks her butt out at the camera <laughs> you remember that yeah it would have been the 3d butt sticking out at the camera uh, uh it would be pretty funny did you catch anything yeah. else that would have been really cool in 3d um what would have been cool in 3d of course, in the end, the police officer takes the Ooh, yeah. the head, uh-huh. the sculpture of Igor, and jams it out at the camera. Yeah. No, I know Igor shows him the head of the of her, like oh, the shows wax, Sue her own head, yeah, the wax made. That would be funny if it was like in three D. Ooh, three D. Because they have the wax head of Igor, and like. After, like, a hundred, it's like, was it a hundred years? After a, I think he said after a long time, this face will grow a long white beard. And it oh, yeah, that Igor is going to be in jail mm-hmm. forever, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it'll grow a long white beard. And then the movie just ends. That would probably <laughs> be in 3D. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so you said, though, that Jared, Vincent Price's character, falls into this molten wax. Yeah. Any chance of him surviving? No. No? Did you know this movie had a sequel? No. And I bet a lot of our listeners didn't either. Problem. <laughs> it's not an American sequel. All right? Here's the thing. This is what's really cool. This is the bit of trivia I told you I was going to spring on you during yeah. the episode. There is actually a sequel to House of Wax starring Vincent Price. But in Germany. In Germany... 
This was released as Das Cabinet des Professor Bondi. So Professor Jared is named Professor Bondi in the German version. Okay. And in Germany, this movie right here was released as Legacy of Professor Bondi with a completely oh. different opening to connect the two characters. Alistair? A Bucket of Blood. Roger Corman's 1959 movie, A Bucket of Blood. So, six years later, this comes out. It's about a guy who ends up coating dead things in sculpting clay. And there is, on the new Blu-ray from Olive Films of Bucket of Blood, the original German like opening for this movie that was shown in theaters, where it's a guy talking about how, basically... Uh, Walter Paisley, played by Dick Miller in this movie, is a descendant of Vincent Price's character in House of Wax or something. And so he he like inherits <laughs> this murderous tendency. And that's why he is the way he is. But again, that's only in the German version of A Bucket of Blood, released as The Legacy of Professor Bondi. Is that wild or what? It's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, this movie, A Bucket of Blood... Which, by the way, listeners, if you have not seen A Bucket of Blood... It's great. It is great. You need to see it. It is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. I even drew a picture of the Walter Paisley face on the front. Yeah, you sure did. Al did a great Dick Miller drawing, uh, copying uh, in his own way the cartoon of Dick Miller on the Uh front of the Blu-ray. It's uh, 66 minutes. I watch it probably four times a year. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. And uh, to know that it was released as a sequel to House of Wax is just super weird. Mm. And it and the Blu-ray is really worth yeah. picking up for all these features. Mm-hmm. I see how it kind of goes with House of Wax because they both cover like dead things. Yeah. Mm. But they spiritually, <laughs> they have nothing in common. You know, Bucket of Blood <laughs> is this criticism of art culture. You know, it's this satire. And House of Wax has maybe some satirical elements but not to the same level that bucket of blood does because bucket of blood he starts doing this on accident because he accidentally goes crazy no he doesn't really go crazy not in the sort of um psychotic sense that you mean and when al says go crazy what he really means is psychotic like become Uh sociopathic killer right yeah not like crazy crazy not like basic mental illness stuff you know which obviously that's not what we're talking about it's psychopathic killer (laughs) yeah but yeah there you go dude there's your big old trivia for this episode Uh you want to get into the segments yeah all right beastly best can you go for a second okay what's the coolest monster moment in this movie it is probably mm, i think it's really upsetting when we see him uh, wrap the rope around the guy's neck and then throw him down the elevator shaft, yeah. especially for 1953. That's pretty hardcore mm. as far as murders go. I mean, I guess the guy is probably already dead, but we don't know. Even still, that is really wild to see in a 1953 movie because yeah. it's pretty graphic, actually. What about you? What do you think? I don't even really know. Nothing cool sticks out to you? trying to figure out which cool moment i like the best how about you just name one that i didn't just name um when 
Sue's being chased by the monster? Like down the street? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So when she jumps off the roof and then he jumps off the roof after her? Yeah, and then... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and then me, mom, and you were like, she jumped off the building. Why can't she just jump over our fence? Yeah, she leaps off the roof of this building. Or I guess she hangs down and then drops off the roof. Then she gets to this little fence and starts fighting with the the gate. You know, And, and yeah, sure, it's hard to climb over a fence in a dress in that period or whatever, but... She could just hurl her body over the top. Yeah. She hurled her body off of a roof of a building. Hurl yourself over the fence. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Get spooked. When, before she goes into the room, like when she's wandering around getting chased by Igor, but In she doesn't In the House know. of Wax yeah. at the end. Yeah, that is definitely the spookiest. She goes in to yeah. try to find her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name. Especially when, like, there's, like, the person with, like... Looking like he suicided himself, and there's, like, heads over it. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the guy dead with mm-hmm. a sword in his chest. I don't think that was a suicide. I think he no. was murdered. But there are definitely all the heads on the top of that shelf. Yeah. And then and one then of the heads. Is Igor behind the thing? Yeah. It's just Charles Bronson just sitting there perfectly still. That's this, pretty cool. Yeah. And they've done a bunch of Charles Bronson heads throughout the movie mm-hmm. that are all really convincing wax, you know, molds of Charles Bronson's face. So it works really well. Mm-hmm. That moment's still pretty funny, but that whole thing is really, that whole yeah. thing is spooky. There's also a couple funny moments. Yes. Um. Wait, what? What's the name of the segment? Funny bones. Funny bones. Funniest moment. Like there's the there's two like running jokes, some running jokes like the head of Igor that you just said. It's running jokes mm-hmm. and then once he opens the wax museum there's like these three ladies that were following oh, around oh yeah and then, like one of the lady keeps passing out yeah she keeps fainting at <laughs> in, like in the house of horrors uh, yeah that's pretty good yeah i think anything where they're trying to take advantage of the 3d when you're watching it in 2d like we were that's all pretty funny yeah when the lady sticks her butt at the camera and the guy's like hitting the paddle balls at the camera, that's that's all pretty funny to me. Yeah, it's supposed to be like 3D, but we don't 3D. have the 3D. But in 2D, it's pretty funny. Yeah. 3D and 2D is funny. Yeah, I mean, if you watch any movie that was supposed to be in 3D in 2D when they're doing these gimmicky things, yeah, that's but always funny. With without the like the rain, really like weird rainbow color, it's pretty funny though. Yeah, well, you mean like when we have to wear the yeah. the cyan and uh-huh. red, like uh, the red and blue glasses. If you look at it without that, it's just red and blue. If you watch a 3D movie, 2D without the rainbow, it's pretty funny when it's supposed to be 3D. Mm-hmm. So, final segment, Alistair. Lesson. Yeah, <laughs> scream themes. Scream, scream, scream themes. I can't say that. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Scream themes. What is the lesson of this movie? What's the message that you're taking away from this? I would say, like, money's not important or something. Yeah, no, that's absolutely, you know, if if you treat money like it's more important than human beings or art. Yeah, it'll lead to destruction. Yeah. And greed and stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. I think it is really that simple. It's, yeah. I think, easy to look at this movie and try to find a message about you know, if you're not really understanding the cause of it all, that there might be a message about how 
artists are unhinged or something like that. But it all starts because of greed. Mm. Like, he's just a guy who's making beautiful things. Sure, businessmen don't understand his perspective, but it's those same businessmen who push him over the edge. Uh Yeah, and even in the downstairs of my school, there's like, um, it says greed can lead to devastation and destruction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is one of those. Because it's not Jared's own greed. It's somebody else's greed that leads to Jared's own devastation and destruction and creates only more devastation and destruction through Jared. Yeah, because greed can lead to devastation and destruction that can make another person mad and lead him into devastation and destruction. It's a cycle. You know, when you ruin Mm -hmm. somebody's life. They could go yeah. off the deep end. Uh-huh. You know, they can become themselves yeah. unhinged and immoral and prone to do terrible uh-huh. things. Curiosity. Um, it also says curiosity can lead to disaster, too. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It, that depends. Curiosity is good, but... Yeah. Sometimes you know, it can be bad. When curiosity with caution is advised, right? Yeah. If you're like... It's 3 a.m. in the morning. My parents are sleeping. I'm curious what's going on outside. That's a bad idea. Yeah. (laughs) That's bad curiosity. If you're like, Dad, can we watch some science videos about, I don't know, whales or something because I'm curious about whales? That's different. Uh You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially if somebody says, don't do this. And you're like, ooh. Because sometimes a lot of people say, especially in books... It says if somebody tells you not to do something, then they do it. Yeah. That's bad. It can be. It definitely can be. As long as, you know, you understand why you're being told not to do it. Like if I tell you not to do something, you know, it's usually because the thing that you're going to do is in some way wrong or dangerous or ill-advised. You know, I wouldn't tell you not to do something unless it was a problem, you know. Yeah. And sometimes like, it's just because we don't have time in the day. You know, not a good yeah. time to break out your Legos three minutes before you got to go to school. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. There's a reason. Yeah. Uh-huh. But now we're off track. We're off track. <laughs> Let's get this okay. uh, whole show wrapped up. I assume that's everything you've got on House of yep. Wax. Awesome. If listeners want to support our show, where can they go? Patreon.com slash word salad. Absolutely. Become a patron. Get access to exclusive content. And also, uh, you know, you can recommend episodes for us. Request episodes. Because as a matter of fact, this very episode was requested by patron Drew Hallam. And the only limit we have on requests from patrons is if... Al just isn't old enough to watch it yet, then sorry, not yet, but definitely later. This is one of those instances Drew was like, can Al watch this one? I was like, Al can and has watched this one. So, boom, there -hmm. you go. Become a patron. Also, uh, get all that exclusive content I mentioned, including Mm -hmm. exclusives of CadaverCast. I do an entire podcast on Patreon that's a Patreon exclusive called Cinemuck that posts now monthly it used to be kind of one every three months but i've been doing it monthly and i want to do another series that if i can get enough backlogged (laughs) maybe do two a month we'll see i can't promise anything but one a month there and a lot of other stuff from word salad radio because everything that we pull in at patreon.com slash word salad supports us and word salad radio and there you go 
head over there. Every little bit helps. If you can't support the show that way, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all of that stuff, really helpful. And obviously, share out the show. That's one of the easiest and best ways to help. You know, especially if you can't become a patron, that's the number one thing you can do. Uh And then Alistair, where can our listeners find us on Instagram? At Cadavercast. Yep, Cadavercast on Instagram, on Twitter at? Cadaver underscore cast. And on Facebook? At the Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club. And what's our email address? cadavercast.gmail.com There you go, man. And with that, we are done here with House of Wax 3D. In 2D. (laughs) 3D in 2D. (laughs) (laughs) With no rainbow colors. (laughs) So, why don't you get us signed out, dude? You've been listening to another episode of Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We love you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We we love you. <laughs> we already said that? Yes, you did. <laughs> oh. I think what you meant is thanks. Thanks. <laughs>